0: the unsurpassed penetrating and perfect truth is seldom met with even in a hundred thousand myriad kalpas now we can see and hear it we can remember and accept it i vow to make the buddha's truth one with myself how much to the buddha how much to the dharma how much to the sangha So um, I want to talk this morning about gratitude, and in particular look at gratitude through the lens of the vows of Samantabhadra Bodhisattva. But first let me say a little bit about Avalokiteshvara Bodhisattva who we did her vigil today. This is our annual um, opportunity to just meditate on great compassion um, call upon great compassion for the peace of the world and of uh, um, our country. Um, Avalokiteshvara means, it's a Sanskrit form of her name, and it means she who hears the cries of the world. And um, Kanzeon, Bodhisattva, is the form of her name in Japanese, and the, we did the long scripture, which includes her Japanese uh, name, and then Kuan uh, Yin Shu Yin Pusa is the Chinese form of her name. Um, Pusa means Bodhisattva, um, same as uh, Bosatsu. Uh, a Bodhisattva is a is a being who's has set their heart upon enlightenment, becoming one with the Buddha. Um, bodhi means enlightenment, and sattva means being. Avalokiteshvara um, made a particular vow, and this is why she's probably the most um, popular and universal bodhisattva that we have. And her vow was to help beings whatever way she could. You know, give them whatever they need to appear in whatever circumstances that arise. And that's why on the altar we have a picture of her with um, a thousand hands and a thousand eyes. Each hand um, includes an eye in the palm, and she holds various different um, ritual implements, and the eyes in order to, to see the suffering of the world, and the implements are enabled, so she's got a, a, a number of tools in her toolbox to help beings. Okay? So that's Avalokiteshvar. Um, sabanta Bhadra Bodhisattva is the embodiment of great love. And bodhisattvas, we sometimes think of them as um, distinct entities, but they're, um, um, they kind of gray- grade over into each other and uh, flow into each other. And um, um, sometimes we can find it helpful to call upon one of them, sometimes a different one. Um, Samantabhadra means great love or universal goodness. Uh, he usually he or she. Sometimes, you know, she's represented as um, in feminine form. Um, usually, rides a white elephant, uh, which is a symbol of purity, purity of heart. Samantabhadra also made vows and. Um, he made ten great vows and River Master Dyson talked about those a couple weeks ago, or well, several weeks ago now um, when we do the festivals for Samanta Bhadra. and I'm going to talk about the first three of the vows and uh, particularly how they can be um, expressed through gratitude and the the three first three vows are to bow to all Buddhas, to praise Tathagatas, or that's are Sanskrit words for Buddha, and to make offerings. And so we can think about these vows in cultivating um, an attitude of gratitude. And this will be part one, and hopefully in the future I'll be able to um, Give you part two. Um, the um, the these vows are integrated into our uh, daily schedule in the temple in various ways, and that's why I want to explore with us, but see how they're they're not just um, temple practice but they're a practice for everyone. And we can incorporate them in our daily life regardless of our circumstances, whether they're a layperson or a monk. Um, these um, attitudes are applicable uh, for everyone. Um, gratitude, um, as I said, is, is an attitude. It's a frame of mind. Um, it's not just a feeling, um, just like with loving-kindness. We may not always feel kind or loving to other beings, but we try to practice loving-kindness. Um, um, that's the point of, of practicing such things, is to overcome our own negativity, or hostility, or ill will, or um, wishes of harm to other beings um, or indifference. And we're trying to transform how we look at other beings and how we interact with them. Uh, We're trying to change ourselves and thereby change the world. my favorite story to illustrate this is one I I've told it before so bear with me if you've heard it before but uh, in Reverend Master Ji's day there was a monk who kept um, disrobing and leaving the temple and then he would return and he would say oh I'm just so uh, grateful to be here and this happened five or six times and Finally, River Master G had, I think, had enough, and she quipped, "Yeah, remember that the next time you want to leave." <laughs> okay, so gratitude is something that we can cultivate, and it's not dependent on how we feel. Um, the first vow of Samantabhadra is to bow to all Buddhas. River Master G, you expressed this as making obeisance to all Buddhas. She tended to often use kind of old-fashioned words. I think it's in order to give um, um, these things a bit more dignity, and in order to make us um, stop and listen a little more carefully, and not just to kind of let them flow in one ear and out the other. We actually have to kind of pay attention. obeisance also includes um, a meaning of um, obedience or obeying Um, and it's not an obedience to um, an external deity but an obeying of our own hearts listening and heeding our own hearts our own uh, true nature Um, bowing Uh, includes gratitude. In fact, gratitude is implicit in bowing. I don't know how you can bow without feeling some gratitude, but it's at least something that uh, when we bow, we can bring gratitude uh, to mind. Bowing here in the temple and uh, when we do ceremonies um, is you've usually done in sets of three, okay? Um, We bow to the Buddha, we bow to the Dharma, we bow to the Sangha. We're expressing our gratitude to the three treasures, or the triple gem, or the three refuges, and there's um, three ways of looking at, at each of these when we bow to the Buddha, we can think on Shakyamuni Buddha, the historical Buddha. We can think on the cosmic Buddha who represents the eternal or that which is, however you wanna think about um, that greater it that encompasses and yet which is included in all things. Um, And it can also mean just our own Buddha nature know, that we all have. The Dharma um, can represent the the teachings of Shakyamuni Buddha, can represent the teachings of all the ancestors and masters down the centuries, it can be the Dharma of the present day, Um, it can be the promptings of our own heart, because Dharma exists within all of us. Great Master Dogen said that all beings have a great store of dharma within themselves. The Sangha, um, originally it meant the Arhant Sanghas, all those, usually monks, but it included lay people as well, who had awakened, who had some experience of awakening. Later it was expanded to include... um, all the monks, the monastic Sangha is representative of the Arhant Sangha. And then in Mahayana Buddhism, uh, northern Buddhism, of which we're a part, um, it became explicitly um, including the laity. Okay, So the Sangha includes all of us, all of us who practice. And um, in the ultimate sense, the Sangha is all being. All beings are practicing in some way. Um, we're all doing the best we can. Um, we're all trying to um, discover and practice from our own heart. So there's a lot there to be grateful for, and you can think of think of this um, in any way as you bow in your own daily life. Um, it's, it can be helpful to incorporate bowels. Um, if you have a home altar, that's an ideal way to have an image of a Buddha or a Bodhisattva. Um, but you're maybe in circumstances where you don't have that. And in that case, um, bow to something that for you represents the Buddha or the Buddha nature. Okay, it can be... Um, um, the picture of a lotus or another beautiful flower, it can be um, a sunrise, it can be a, a picture of a mountain like Mount Shasta, um, some beautiful landscape, whatever inspires you uh, to practice. Okay. Um, If you do a scripture at home each day, you, it can be helpful to include bows when you do that. Um, if I don't make it to morning service, um, I always try to take the time to do three bows. I have a, a favorite picture of Reverend Master ji and I bow for her before I leave my room. Now, I try to make a practice of that. Um, just to remind myself, of my purpose uh, for the day bowing can um, include uh, other people recognizing that everyone is Buddha. Buddha is not limited to a statue on the altar or to you know historical Buddha. All, All beings have the Buddha nature and in the Um, This is the meaning of namaste, which you may have heard, it's a Hindu word, or gasho, when we um, put our hands together in front of our hearts. And it means I recognize the Buddha in you, and you recognize it in me. And it's a customary greeting in the East. It hasn't yet made it into the West, but maybe someday it will. Um, but you can always do it uh, with your mind, in spirit, when you meet other beings, uh, as a way of greeting them and acknowledging their Buddha nature. In the temple, when we meditate, we, we as all of you know, I think we bow to our sitting place, our cushion or chair, um, however we sit, Out of gratitude for a place to sit okay Um, you don't take it for granted Um, then we bow outwards to uh, the room and other people gathered there again in gratitude for a space in which to sit and for others to sit with We bow when we enter or exit a room, again in gratitude for the space which allows itself to be used. Um, That may be a a bit much to do in your own home, (laughs) but what you can do that's sometimes helpful is just when you enter your home or apartment, just nod your head when you enter, just in gratitude for the space. Nodding your head is actually one of the 12 types of bowing, okay? So you're bowing when you nod your head. And again, it's ingratitude. We also can bow. We can make a show, at least mentally, to objects that make our life possible. Um, It's kind of mundane, but I try to remember to thank the toilet after I use it for washing my waste away. Um, don't take that for granted. And to the sink for providing water you know, with which I can wash my hands. Um, um, in Japanese Buddhism, in a, a traditional Zen temple, the first thing they would teach you is how to um, uh, set your Shoe straight before you go into the temple, and that 's not just because the Japanese are tidy or, or like things orderly it's in order to cultivate gratitude for the everyday things of life that make our life possible so you can just uh, extend that to everything the chairs that we sit in the um, um, the carpet. Um, River master you used to use the example of the um, the road outside the temple that you know allows it to be driven on and uh, marked by the animals and uh, uh, you know it just puts up with all sorts of various kinds of weather uh, but it enables us to travel and we can be grateful you know for something as Ordinary as um, the road. Um, There's always something to be grateful for. As most of you know, I think that um, River Master Jiu, in the last last years of her life, was paralyzed from the waist down, you know, and we had to get her in and out of bed with a hoist. And one night, one of the monks, Relates that uh, he had helped her into bed and she thought he had left the room, you know, so she thought she was by herself. Um, but he heard her, um, you know, put her hands in show and say, quite firmly outlined, homage to the Buddha, thank you. Homage to the Dharma, thank you. Homage to the Sangha, thank you. Okay, so here was a person that was, was paralyzed and had to depend on other people for, for most things in her life, but she could still be grateful. And um, in the introduction to um, our Renewal of Vows ceremony, it gives that same instruction um, that when you, um, at night, you concentrate your mind, keep the three treasures in your thoughts. And that's what I try to do um, at night. I try to make sure that my last thought is taking refuge in the three treasures. Okay, so that as I go to sleep, that's what I what I'm doing. So the second of Samanta Badra's great vows is to praise Tathagata. Um, Tathagata is one of those words that doesn't translate easily into English. Um, the most common translation nowadays is the thus come one. Okay? Um, The one who has come thus or thusly Um, can also be the one who has gone into thusness or par nirvana. As I said, it doesn't translate very well, so um, we usually just use tathagata. And I want to um, just read from the of a Tamsaka scripture, the, um, and that's where these vows um, can be found. On um, um, praising the Thakatas, the verse in which that's found says, with seas, oceans, with seas of each and every sound, I everywhere let fall, words and phrases, wonderful and endless which now and throughout all the eons of the future praise the wide, deep sea, the Buddha's merit and virtue. Here in the monastery, we have um, services, which, you know, like this morning, where we chant scripture. So that's a form of praising uh, Um You may find it helpful to recite a scripture at home Uh, The scripture, Great Wisdom, um, only takes five minutes (laughs) to recite, you know, and uh, uh, it can be helpful to do that. You kind of plant it in your mind stream. It becomes a part of who you are. But praising the Thakathas goes beyond just chanting or reciting scriptures. Um, It's learning to make whatever we say, all the words that we use, uh, to be the words of Buddha, uh, to speak from our heart, to speak from meditation, to speak with mindfulness, uh, to speak with loving-kindness. Uh, again, in gratitude for the person with whom we're interacting, um, or for the situation at hand. Okay, all of those things are ways of praising Tophagotus. Um I try to to remember to thank Kanzion upon the completion of any errand or task that I do, especially if it's been challenging. Um, um, I find that really helpful just to um, to acknowledge my gratitude for the help that you know great compassion is offering. The third of Zomantabhadra's great vows is to make offerings or in Reverend Matthew Jews words, to proffer abundant oblations. Again, kind of old-fashioned words, but it makes us think and uh, look into it a little more deeply. Um, here's, what the Avatom, here's how the Avatamsaka scripture puts it. Flower, garlands, supreme and wonderful, music, perfumes, parasols and canopies, and other decorations, rich and rare, are I offer up to every thus-come-one. Fine clothing, superior incense, powdered and burning incense, lamps and candles, each one heaped as high as Mount Sumeru, I offer completely to all Tathagatas. With a vast, great, supremely liberated mind, I believe in all the Buddhas of the three periods of time. With the strength of Samantabhadra's conduct and vows, I make offerings to all thus-come-ones everywhere. Now, few of us are in a position to make such offering literally, (laughs) Okay, It's understandable. but we can make such offerings in spirit, and um, we can use um, this idea to actually expand our own minds. This is part of the purpose of, of making such offerings, um, that we want to make our humble offerings to be represented of such great offerings. As Dogen says, um, you know, giving can include a single corn or a blade of grass, Okay, um, as he, he writes that in the um, Shoshogi. So we can use the idea of making offerings to um, develop our own generosity. A home altar provides a useful focus of making such offerings. Um, but you can find other ways um, to do that. Offerings are worked into the fabric of our uh, temple life in many ways. Um, Morning service or any ceremony like um, this morning begins with an offering of incense by the celebrant at the main altar. And again, it's it's an expression of gratitude, but also a dedication of the ceremony and the practice for the day. And then at the um, end of the scripture, um, we say, um, the the precentor says, we offer the merit of this recitation in gratitude to, and then we chant the ancestral line, all the, the Buddhas and ancestors from the time of Shakyamuni and even before. Down to the present day, and we chant um, we chant the, the names of the Buddhas and ancestors. Um, as monks, we make it our practice to memorize these names. That's one of our responsibilities. Um, but if you're doing a scripture at home, uh, you can always shorten that to just all the Buddhas and ancestors. Okay, so you've got everybody covered. Okay. Uh, that's what I do when I don't have time to enchant the entire line. After this ancestral line, the offertory continues. Um, we pray that we may be able to show our gratitude to the four benefactors. Now, who are the four benefactors? Okay. The first benefactor is the Buddha. I usually think of Muna Buddha when we do this offertory, because he's the one who set the wheel of the Dharma turning and makes our practice possible today. Um, The second benefactor is the president, and this means um, the head of state. Uh, Regardless of how we may feel about his or her politics, we offer merit to um, the president as representative of our government. Uh, again, a story from Reverend Master Jiu's day. In the early days, um, some of the monks were really objecting to offering merit to the president. Uh, Nixon was in off, office at the time. And uh, she pointed out that um, President Nixon was uh, a bodhisattva and that he was showing her how not to run the monastery. Okay. <laughs> Some Buddhists teach us what not to do, okay? Some, many teach us what to do, but there's Buddhists, we can look at everyone as a Buddha. In the UK and Canada, they used to say the queen. I guess they now have to say the king, but it doesn't have the same ring to it, in my mind. I usually take a moment to remember that the president, includes all the branches of our government you know it includes um, his cabinet administration the houses of congress the supreme court Um, it also includes all the different levels of government whether that's on the state level or the county level or the city level city level Um, all these little levels of government to which we are indebted to and that we pray make wise, compassionate decisions that affect um, all of us. Okay, And we pray that they lead us with integrity. Um, the third of the four benefactors are our parents. Um, those people who have given us birth, who um, you know, from the time we were infants, Fed us, clothed us, um, you know, taught us how to tie our shoes, uh, how to tell time, um, provided us with an education, hopefully taught us basic ethics and compassion. Um, There's many things that we owe to our parents. And the um, fourth benefactor is all people, okay? Okay. we live in this world dependent on the kindness and goodwill of all the people of the world. Sometimes when I can't sleep at night or in the early morning, I just go through um, a list of everyone I can think of to whom I can be grateful. Um, all the different people that make our life possible uh, physicians, nurses, teachers, transportation workers. Uh, The list can go on and on, you know, but it's a way of cultivating gratitude and I offer them merit. Um, Offering merit is another way of expressing gratitude. We continue these offerings of gratitude throughout the day in the temple uh, through our uh, mealtime ceremony. Uh, This is um, the full ceremony which um, includes the five thoughts. But it begins, um, we'll first share the merits of this food with the three treasures of the Dharma. Again, we just talked about that. Um, Second, we will share it with the four benefactors. We just covered those. And then just to make sure everyone is included, and looking beyond our own human world, uh, we offer it to the six lokas. Um, the six lokas are the six worlds or the six realms that you find in the uh, wheel of life it's all the different forms of existence beings and take rebirth in or attitudes of mind that people find themselves in um, there's the uh, heavenly world the world of the Davis where everything is perfect and pleasant and um, there's the human world. Um, there's the world of the hungry ghosts that is characterized by inordinate greed, you know, people who are hungry. Um, there's the hell beings, people who are suffering um, terribly. Uh, there's the world of the um, titan where uh, life is characterized by anger. Okay? And then there's the animal world Um, We often think of animals as uh, these nice, uh, soft, furry pets that that keep us company, but um, the animal world is um, a place where there is um, great limitation in that they don't have the same consciousness that we do as humans. Um, It's the world of... um, uh, predators, it's the world of com- captivity, um, it's a world of suffering, and it's useful to keep in mind that um, we're, um, as humans, we have the opportunity to be compassionate to animals and help them um, in a way um, that is unique, okay, that is um incumbent upon us to uh, help. Reverend Master G was very big on animals and helping animals. Uh, she always had some form of pet, whether it was a rat or a hamster or a rabbit or dogs and cats. And uh, she really felt it was um, part of our human responsibility to, to take care of animals. Um The rest of the meal can also be a reflection on gratitude. Um, the first of the th- five thoughts or contemplations is we must think deeply of the ways and means by which this food has come and as we eat we can trace the origin and movement of each of the individual items that we're eating. Um, where and by whom the seed was planted, uh, the air, water, earth, and sunshine, which gave the plants growth, the harvesting and packaging, um, uh, the transportation of it to where we purchase it, um, the preparation of the food, um, including all the energy needed to cook it, the stoves and utensils, um, which all play their part. Um, and finally, it's, um, it's presentation to us, you know, as it's offered to us. And just as you do this for, for uh, one item, you can do it for all the items that you're eating. And um, such a contemplation brings home to us how interconnected we are with other life on the planet. So those, those are the first three of Samantabhadra's great vows, and how they can use, be used to practice gratitude in our daily life. You may not have thought of it, but the practice of gratitude is part of the work of a bodhisattva. Okay, um, you're often we think of bodhisattvas as you know such as Samantabhadra. It's kind of Beyond our our ken and beyond our capabilities, uh, but we can practice their vows through something as simple as being grateful, and thus everything becomes as as Kohosinji, Reverend Master Ji, the Master in Japan, put it: um, everything is an uninterrupted ceremony of gratitude. You know, our whole life can be that way. So in part two, at some point in the future, um, we'll look at specific places in the works of great Master Dogen where he teaches on gratitude. So thank you for being here today, and may you all be well and happy and have a good week.